0: Are you ready to take control of your wealth and design the life you envision for yourself and your family? Welcome to Wealth of Insight with Austin Wittenberg from Wittenberg Wealth Partners. Austin guides you through the entire planning process to help you build a plan that seeks to protect your financial future. He empowers you with creative investment opportunities and planning ideas to help you understand and achieve your long-term goals. It's time to gain confidence in your financial future. Now, onto the show.
1: Welcome back to the Wealth of Insight podcast. I'm your host, Austin Wittenberg, joined by Wendy McConnell again today. Thanks for joining, Wendy.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, of course. So we're going to talk about something that's been in the news recently, and that is Americans and their debt. Now, I'm not talking about the country. We just survived this debt ceiling crisis as a country, right, where Congress had to basically say, well, the country can spend more money on Social Security and other things, now we're approaching the second debt ceiling crisis, which is Americans as people, as individuals. So I wanted to spend some time talking about that today. And I've got a few interesting statistics here that we we spoke briefly before this. And I, I would imagine a lot of people now have seen the headline of that Americans are now carrying $17 trillion in debt as people. So that's, that's not a just pretty, Not just you. Yeah, I know you were about $16 trillion of that, but the rest <laughs> yeah. of us, we made up... The other trillion, yeah, which is a a staggering number, right? But if you divide that per household, the average household has about a hundred and one, just just shy of a hundred and two thousand dollars in debt per household. So it gets to it. Now that's still a big number, but that when you look at it on a per household basis, now it's still the highest if, or among the highest it's ever been. But 17 trillion, I don't know, to me seems like that's a number. I can't even calculate or or comprehend a number that big. It's a lot. 10,0 is an easier number to, to talk about, right? So and they go through and they break that down. If you look at credit card debt, it's a trillion. And you know, there are good types of debt and bad types of debt, right? So typically buying a home is a good thing. A mortgage, you know, I would consider to be a good type of debt. You're buying an asset. Credit card debt, on the other hand, is about as far to the other way as you can go, right? And very so,
2: expensive.
1: Yes. Yeah. That's, you know, when you're paying anywhere between 17 and let's call it 24% interest, it's hard for me as your advisor on the investment side of things to earn more in your investments than what you're going to pay credit card, right? Right. So so that $1 trillion in credit card debt, that's a pretty staggering number. I was surprised, though, if they they break that down to the average just revolving credit card debt again per household, and that number was only 6000 I was actually surprised. I felt like that number, I expected if there's a trillion dollars total, I expected that average to actually be a little bit higher. But
2: the good news there.
1: Yes. So good news there, because that is the most damaging, certainly the most damaging type of credit card debt well we'll we'll talk payday loans and that kind of that, that's probably really the worst kind of debt but that's a very <laughs> small subset of people who who go that direction a few other things that i found interesting just from a statistics standpoint is they looked at average mortgage debt per household so the average mortgage balance was 237,000 which again seemed low so i started doing a little bit more digging there and thought okay well those you know some of these people are going to have had mortgages for 20 years there's obviously a large segment of the population with no mortgage so i looked at went to the mortgage brokers of america and looked at what's the average new mortgage going for and this peaked back in 2022 it's come down a little bit here recently but the average new mortgage is 425,000 so the average outstanding 237 but for people who are buying new homes that number has jumped up quite a bit and that it's not at its all time high but again it's close we, you know we've seen real estate obviously the last few years has gone on quite a run yes everything's more expensive and so that mortgage number is peaking up so if you look at average mortgage payment again is only $1487 for the country but that new payment is almost $1,000 more. So because of this raise, rise in ho- housing prices as well as interest rates, the average new mortgage payment is north just north of $2,300. So wow. we're starting to see some of these things. There's, I guess, a few logical explanations of now why we have $17 trillion in debt total. A big chunk of that is certainly going to be real estate. And with prices going up, Mortgages are going up. And that's the same actually in cars. So if you look at, there's about $1.5 trillion of outstanding car loans out there. The average loan balance being $22,612. But similar to real estate, new car loans are $41,445 is the average. And again, that number. It seems a little low because you hear about cars now and you look at any SUV and I swear you can't buy an SUV for less than like 70000 You know, I was I was surprised to see that. But again, everything's just gotten more expensive recently. And so all this debt we're bringing on, people are bringing on at higher rates. This is why it's starting to make headlines again. Mm-hmm. Got High debt, high credit card debt, mortgages and car loans. Those are at higher rates than they've been at for a long time just something to be cognizant of as we're starting to see debt start to appear on for clients and you know, again, just these statistics here, it's now part of the conversation of how do we make sure we're taking on good debt versus bad debt again, right? If If you're buying a home, student loans, I think to a certain point, there's some value in student loans from a debt perspective, but, and a car, you got to have something to drive, but make, you know, Making a reasonable choice there because of where interest rates are and what car prices are. Just making sure it's something that needs to be more to the forefront here. Whereas the last few years, let's say, you know, and even prior to COVID, interest rates were so low that people were taking on a lot of debt and it wasn't really that much of a factor that's changed, right? Mortgage with interest rates, all that kind of stuff, it, it now is making a bigger dent in, in people's pockets. So that's what I wanted to talk about today is if you're struggling with debt, you're finding your credit card balances are starting to increase. What do you do? How do you get out of that? And how can you get back to a better place so that you can continue to achieve your other financial objectives, right? We just talked about credit cards really there with the interest you're paying there versus what your investments are going to get, you're going to be upside down if your credit card balances are higher than your investment accounts. Right. right. So that's what we want to try to help people avoid.
2: So help me out. Okay. I pray to a fairy godmother <laughs> to come and yes. wait for a magic. You wand. hope
1: that there's an uncle out there that dies and just leaves <laughs> you money, right? Isn't that the the American, the Play new the American dream. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, uh, gambling. We're not going to condone gambling on this podcast. So, or there's the, I don't know, maybe the Nigerian prince is going to reach out to you. Just watch your emails. You never I know. You get, might see yes, something there.
2: He's always trying to contact me.
1: <laughs> okay. So if you don't have an uncle that you didn't know about and the Nigerian prince didn't reach out, here's some things we can do. Right. And we, we've talked on this podcast a little bit where, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm a huge budget person to the point where every person needs to have itemized. Here's exactly how much I'm going to spend. You know, I think it's really beneficial for you to know that and know at least in general, hey, here's what we're spending each month. So when we, when we're doing forecasting and planning with our clients, unless they keep a detailed budget, some people are just like that. Like I said, I'm personally not, I don't have a, here's exact, but I know in general, here's what I'm spending, right? Right. But if debt is becoming an issue, budgeting is the first place that you need to start. So there's really only two ways you can start to pay down your debt. That's you got to earn more money. So if you want to start driving for Uber on the side or something, I guess you could do that. Most people either don't have the time or willingness to pick up a side hustle like that. So the second option is spending less money. And so that's really where getting into your budget, really creating for yourself item by item. Hey, here's how much my mortgage is or my rent. Here's what my car payments are. Here's what I'm spending on food and gas and you, you know all those things, just so that you really have a sense for exactly what you're spending. Right? So there's this general rule of thumb from a budgeting standpoint. It's called the 50-30-20 budget. What that means is you want to keep your essential expen- expenses like housing, you know, as part of essential food to a certain extent, right? Your groceries, that kind of stuff. Now food, sort of this interesting category where it's, you got to have it to live, but you also can't go to Ruth's Chris and buy a hundred dollars steak every day either. Right. There's this balance there. Mm -hmm. So, so 50% essential, 30% for your wants, your Netflix subscription, your what, you know, whatever. So those sort of things you want. And then 20%, of your income you would be either saving or paying down debt with. So that's that's a general rule of thumb. Not everybody's going to fit to that, but that if you're struggling with debt and you can't figure out why your credit cards aren't coming down, this is a great place to start. Break it down, see where your money's going, and that allows you, you know, again, maybe you can see some things that are there to cut out. I don't know if you're much of a podcast listener, Wendy, yourself, but a lot of the podcasts I listen to, they're all getting these ads now from companies who will analyze your bank accounts and find all the subscriptions that you have. Mm -hmm. And you can see which subscriptions you're paying for that you're not using. Right. Some of those things are a, a good place to start.
2: I have a question about the uh, the fifty percent. Is that is that feasible now with the amount that we're paying in mortgages and the inflation yeah. of food prices?
1: Yep, that's a really good question. Food prices and things right now, I do think it's a challenge. And even yeah, we are seeing clients who are applying for mortgages and things. Everybody is getting right up to the limits of what even mortgage companies will allow you to borrow. From as a percentage, right? So I think it's still a reasonable objective. I do think it is definitely more challenging today. And it is a tough thing, especially for new if you're buying a new car, you've got to get a new house. You know, it's gonna be a lot more difficult than people who lock were able to lock in their mortgages and things at at lower rates. So It is, I you know, that's why I'm saying this is a general framework. I don't think it's going to be perfect. And I do think it is going to be challenging. And quite honestly, for people who are struggling with debt, they're probably blowing through that. Well, and and it maybe isn't the 50% that's the issue. It's probably more that 30% for wants that's the issue, you know, okay. for most people. So that's a long way of saying I do think it's still possible, but it's definitely a lot more challenging in 2023 than it was in 2019, just as with the way things have have increased. So that, you know, like I said, that's the framework as you're building your expenses, you want to try to put them in these buckets to just try to get to this, that general allocation there. And 20%, that 20% of savings, you know, we always talk with clients, a great place to at least start with 401k or anything, you know, on average, if you really want to retire in the future or achieve your financial goals. Saving 20% of your income is probably going to be a necessity, but a minimum you want to get to 10% that you're saving. So then you can get 10% saving and this extra 10% is going towards debt. Now, again, if it's credit card debt, we may want to say, well, let's cut off our savings here a little bit until we can get this credit card debt under control. So some of that depends on the type of type of debt that you have but really what you're trying to find here as you categorize your expenses is how can i make sure that i'm paying more than the minimum payment on my credit cards you know if we're talking credit card debt cuz that's what where a lot of people get into trouble and i think people just don't understand the math and the credit card company is not your friend right mm-hmm. they're trying to they're trying to make money they're not trying to help you buy things they're trying to make money off of you so the first really strategy we want to make sure people are doing is make sure you're paying more than the minimum on your credit card. So just, I have a little example here. So if you have a $15,000 balance on your credit card, and that is at a 17% interest, which is actually on the lower end of, you know, some of these consumer credit cards, and you just pay the minimum payment that's, and they, you know, they're saying that minimum payment would be $450. So if all you do is pay the minimum payment and you don't spend any more money on that credit card, it will take you almost four years to pay off the whole thing and you'll pay $5,500 in interest. So those $15,000 outstanding balance, it would cost you $20,500 to pay off that $15,000. If you just paid $100 more per month, so $550 per month instead of $450 you can pay off that debt in less than three years and pay only forty one hundred in interest. So you know almost a fifteen hundred dollars savings in interest. Big difference just by paying a hundred dollars extra per month. Now again, hopefully we're in a position, or we want to get to a position where we can attack it a lot quicker than that. But if it's gotten really out of control and you're you know you can't just pay an extra thousand a month because it's just not there because of what you know what we just talked about where everything else is so expensive. You still gotta have somewhere to live, at least paying down more than the minimum starts heading in that right direction. And we can help clients. There's a number of calculators out there. You can, I'm sure if you just Googled credit card loan calculator, you could see hey, if I do this, here's what my credit card balance is. If I pay this much, here's how long it'll take. If I pay, you know, you can run through those different scenarios. And once you've budgeted, you can know exactly how much extra you have to do that and get start making some some progress there. Certainly there are some things to consider maybe like cutting up your credit card so that you can't keep adding to it that's easier said than done because you've gotta you still have to live again reality is that you need to buy things but if it's just always this revolving cycle, you're just paying interest your whole life and if it's at 17%, you know, you're really going to be behind the eight ball mm. if you're trying to save for your other financial goals as well. You know, again, once we've budgeted and we know sort of what our payments are, have you heard of the debt snowball? Is that a concept you're familiar with? Yes. So it's one of yeah one there's I think when I was doing some research for this podcast and I googled what's the best way to get out of debt. There was like 30 options, but the debt snowball is the one that I see the most common, and I think it's the easiest one. And there's some good behavioral pieces to that so you can get some feel some feel good about yourself and good about your progress so in general yes some momentum that's a good word right so for those that aren't familiar this the debt snowball you take a look at all of your debts and i'm sort of going to exclude mortgage from this again i'm excluding good debt from this conversation we just want to look at bad debt and car debt i think sort of kind of in the middle but we'll so include our cars here and then this is where I talked about right if if you have payday or title loan type debt you want to forget all the other stuff that's what you got to go after first cuz those are really predatory and you can get it you know really outrageous interest costs by doing that so what you'll do with the debt snowball you line up all the debt that you have and look at what are all the minimum payments so and then the strategy here is you want to pay minimum payments on everything except for your debt that has the lowest balance. So let's say you have $10,000 in student loans. You got $5,000 on your credit card and you got $1,000 left on your car loan. You're, you're really close to paying off your car. You line those all up, figure out what the minimum payments are. And then in this instance, because the car loan was a thousand, it was your lowest balance. You throw everything extra you can on that loan to get that one paid off as quick as you can. Once you've paid off the lowest one, and here's your momentum that you were saying, right? You feel good. Hey, I paid off an outstanding debt. Then you, again, keep paying minimum payments and just move on to what's the next smallest balance and throw that extra, throw your auto, your car payment, plus all the extra. Now, in this instance, it was your credit card to get that knocked down. And you slowly just snowball like, snowball, rolling down a hill, growing bigger and bigger, right? Until you're able to get all of your debts paid off. Now, again, excluding the home. Homes are really, you know, there is, it's not necessarily a snowball effect, but something important to think about with the mortgage. There's a a really interesting strategy that people don't really think about. Hopefully most mortgage brokers are talking about it, but it fits sort of in the same category. So bad debt, let's get the snowball going, make some progress, knock out the debt. With your mortgage payment, something that's a really, I think you can do relatively painlessly, but can make a really big difference on your mortgage is by switching to paying every two weeks instead of once a month. Essentially what that means is you're making one extra payment per year on your, on your balance. And that one extra payment per year can cut a 30-year mortgage down to being a 17 year mortgage. So it can make a really dramatic difference in how much interest you pay.
2: I actually did that. And you have to make sure that you're on the same page with your lender because sometimes they don't allocate that the way that you're intending for you to allocate it. So yeah, that, make sure that you've discussed this with them.
1: Thank you for that, yes. Cause you wanna make sure when you're doing that it's going directly towards the principal, yeah. right? Yeah. And so you, yeah, if you're doing it without that, it's not going to have quite the impact that you're hoping for. So that's a really good point to bring up, but that can be, you know, again, if we're talking just about ways to save interest, making that one extra payment, and you can do that. You know, I have clients who do that by actually writing one extra check per year. You can do that by dividing your payment up by 12 and just paying a little bit more each month in whichever way is going to be easier from a cash flow standpoint but I wanted to throw that in here in the snowball portion because that is a similar type concept yes. there for the mortgage
2: and what a big difference right From 30 years to 17 that's yeah
1: 18. isn't that crazy just that one extra so if we go back you know the average just to try to put this in perspective the average if that average new payment on new mortgages is around 23 twenty four hundred dollars that's an extra $200 per month you'd mm. put to your mortgage, right? To That's going to cut almost your mortgage, cut it almost in half, right? Mm-hmm. Which is just, it's crazy to think how little, you know, and now again, $2,400 a year is not a, a, a dollar is a dollar, every dollar matters, but that's a relatively insignificant amount to cut your mortgage almost in half. Agreed. So. That's, you know, one of the, the tried and true financial topics we've talked about a number of times on this podcast, but time being your biggest friend and, you know, just starting early, all of those things can make a huge difference. Okay. Another option out there, if you're just, if you're in a position where you go through your budget, you just realize, Hey, I'm in real trouble here. My credit cards have gotten out of control or whatever it may be. I'm not going to be able to. Do the snowball, or it's just not gonna, it's not going to be feasible. Another option out there will be to, to refinance your debt. Now, this has become a lot more challenging recently because interest rates have gone up, so refinancing hasn't looked quite as attractive, but you can still look. There's a number of places out there that you can get what they call like a debt consolidation loan, or even things like there a lot of credit cards will offer you know no interest on a balance transfer for the first year or 18 months just looking how can I f- take this debt especially that credit card debt that would be at double digit 17 to 24 I think is about the average how can I move this block of money somewhere else for a lower interest rate the, so that I can my payments start to make a bigger difference so balance transfer credit cards I do think can work they're a little wary to me from a behavioral standpoint it's what i've seen with people is they balance transfer off of one card to the other that has no interest on it and then they just run up the balance on the card the bad card again right yeah. so so if you're doing that you really want to you know, there's a lot of behavior management on, on you as the individual or. Yeah. That's not going your your to help. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It just <laughs> compounds it. It just makes it easier for you to spend the bad debt again. Right? right. But if, if you're really serious about this, you've budgeted and you know, okay, I've got this much extra per month. I can start throwing at my debt. You find a balance, a credit card balance transfer that you do. You can move your 10,000, whatever the number is of credit card debt over onto this new card with no interest. You just want to make sure you, you can get that lo- loan, get your balance paid off before the end of whatever promotional period they have. Cause for the most, most of the time, for most of those cards, they will accrue all that interest over that time and, and tack it all on at the end, or at least a portion of it, if you didn't get it all paid off in time. Right. Right? So again, the credit cards are not your friends. They're not trying to help you. They're trying to make money and they they're preying on this bad human behavior that we're talking about essentially, right? But if you can get it over there, get it paid off before that time, you're now using those credit cards to your advantage. And a lot of the times with you know what you'll see with those promotional balance transfers is roll it here and we'll give you $500 credit, you know, we'll knock off $500 off the top or something like that. So if you can find a, a card that will do that for you, again, you can use it to your advantage. They just know, unfortunately, most people can't. Most people screw it up in the end, right? So, <laughs> so I do think that's an, a good option worth looking at. And then there are a number of, I know American Express, for example, will offer like a personal loan or to help you consolidate. And they're they're certainly more interested in consolidation because they're still going to get their full value as opposed to the maybe the most drastic next option, which would be you can get on the phone, whether it's with them or hire companies to help negotiate and settle your debt for less than you owe. So again, that's sort of the last ditch effort when you're in a position where I, I've got no other options. I'm not going to be able to do this. You can negotiate with, and again, this applies probably mostly to credit cards, but you can negotiate with, those companies to settle your debt for a lower amount than you owe. If you just know, Hey, I'm never going to make this. And that again, back to the credit card company, if you're in a situation where you're never going to be able to pay them back anyways, they're going to look for something they're going to want to get something rather than nothing. And you may be able to use that to your advantage. Okay. But that is, that's not something personally, I've had to help clients through. I know it's an option out there, so it's not something I'm super familiar with. The debt consolidations loans we've helped clients through that a number of times, just consolidating everything and getting them on a better cash flow plan. But that last option of settling, you know, you want to work with someone. There are a number of companies out there. I'm sure some reputable, some not. You want to do a little bit of research there, but to help with that and you know, the last thing really, so if, if you've the snowball, you know, that's really going to be the easiest, best place to start. We we see that work a lot with clients and helps you again, just feel good about the progress you're making. The refinancing is a great option, settling potentially if, if you're in that position. And then the last thing is just figuring out a way, whether it's when, you know, avoiding lifestyle creep. What I mean by that is, if you get a tax refund or you get a raise or your uncle does die, right? We joke about that, but inheritance is a real thing. Just making sure you commit that to your debt before you blow it on something else, right? If, and make, get yourself into a position where you're not strapped, you're not just having that debt way over you. So I wanted to throw that out there that, you know, we want to make sure you do, if, if you're serious about getting out of debt, you've budgeted, Just mentally, and maybe it takes a year or two to get fully out of debt into a position that you want to be in. If you can just mentally commit yourself to those windfalls going towards the debt as opposed to something else, you know, again, you can knock those things out a lot quicker. And then now you can get back to sticking to that budget and building in now some more. Once you're at, once we've done the 50, 30, 20 and you've paid off the debt you want to keep that 20 as savings and debt instead right. of now your 30% of wants goes to 40 and now 2 years later you're back in debt and you got to do it again right? right so getting sticking to the budgeting really can you know we want to make sure if if it's an issue for you that you stay on that path and that we build that into your overall financial plan so if debt is something that you're struggling with you can't figure out what to do you don't know where to go for help we are happy to help, you know, something we can, a lot of these things, right? I can't pay off your credit cards for you, but we can help build, we can help you create a plan to get out of debt and run all this calculus for you. Look at the different options and see what's going to make the most sense for you. So Mm -hmm. you can reach us at our website, wittenbergwealth.com. Feel free to text me 801-839-7056. As always, thank you for listening and remember to share with your friends and family and hit that subscribe button.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth of Insight podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Stratos Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor. Stratos Wealth Partners and Wittenberg Wealth Partners are separate entities from LPL Financial. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest, and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wittenberg Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.